From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Wednesday, January 26th. I'm Sarah Wright. The Board of Supervisors unanimously selected Assistant CEO Darcy Antle to serve as interim CEO following Carmel Angelo's departure in March, praising her fiscal acumen and thanking Angelo for her 14 years of service to the county. Supervisor Maureen Mulhern shared her perspective as a fellow female leader. I wanted to thank Carmel Angelo for her role as the CEO for Mendocino County. You know, it has been challenging. There has been a lot of public rhetoric that she has faced um, as a female and as a leader. I can't apologize on on behalf of those people, but I can recognize the work that she's done for our community and for this county and thank her for that. And I do. Um, I also really am grateful that Darcy has been willing to step in and take an interim role. And I'm looking forward to having increased uh, collaboration and transparency across all the departments as we work uh, as the five of us, as the Board of Supervisors with Darcy to um, get the strategic plan rolling, to look at the departments that are being merged or unmerged in some cases, and really create a strong agency moving forward so that we're able to um, give our community the, the things that they, that they need. The board also made a long-awaited unanimous decision about the location of the PUF, or Psychiatric Health Facility. After a presentation from Eric Fadness of Nocton Lewis, the firm that drew up plans for the new jail and the crisis residential treatment facility, the board chose to spend just over $19.5 million to demolish the building at 131 Whitmore Lane, just outside Ukiah City limits, and build a new facility on that location. Fadness said that the building, which was once a skilled nursing facility, has a lot of deficits. In addition to a badly designed flat roof, the windows are breakable, the fixtures and wall-mounted air conditioning units pose a suicide hazard, and the building is not entirely ADA accessible. The county bought the building at a deep discount using state money at the beginning of the pandemic. The original plan was to use it as an alternate housing site for people who didn't have anywhere else to quarantine. It was also eyed briefly as a recovery and wellness center. Fadness estimated that it would take a little over three years to build the 16-bed PUF, which will be staffed by a company called Telehealth. The construction and a portion of the operational costs will be funded by Measure B. Supervisor John Hashtag asked Dr. Janine Miller, the head of behavioral health, how she could be sure the facility would be affordable. If we're talking $19.5 million for this PUF, and we don't have a financial plan really in existence from the Measure B Oversight Committee, how do we know that we can afford this even if if it stays in budget? And how can the board have that information that we can really afford this? So we've done some projections with Measure B a couple different times where we really looked at what we think, you know, what is going to be the proceeds that we receive from Measure B that are not going to capital costs, right? So service costs. I believe I don't have it in front of me exactly. I think we estimated about 2 million we would bring in in service dollars, of course, if there's no change in the economy and changes in taxes, right, um, is what the auditor had projected. We're assuming we would need 1.5 to 2 million to augment um, the additional uh, funding through what we would receive through insurance costs. Now, that could mean if we uh, see an increase in Medi-Cal FMAP, MAP, which is the match that the federal government puts in, we could see um, that could be offset. So we just don't know where that FMAP will increase or decrease. But when we looked at it, we projected about 1.0 million to about 2 million of those service dollars would need to go to uh, supplement the income for the PUP. So it, it's why we when, we, when we brought any of those services, we kept them at a four-year limit 
for funding so that we would have the money for when the pump opened. And as Eric has pointed out, it's about, we're thinking it would open in about three years. So we would have everything sunsetting as the pump was opening pretty much. You know, the construction costs, I think we're good on. The service costs were where we really wanted to make sure we could long-term fund the project. And that was our biggest concern when we looked at it from a budget perspective. COVID numbers are higher than they have been at any other point during the course of the pandemic, though positive results from rapid antigen tests are not always included in the official tally. There were no ICU beds available in local hospitals yesterday, and Public Health Officer Dr. Andy Korn told the Board of Supervisors that nursing registries have few available people to send to hospitals in need. 113 people in the county have passed away from COVID, and Korn expects the number to rise in the next few weeks. There are currently seven outbreaks in the county, none of them at schools, though absences of students and staff have mounted due to community transmission. Carrie Shattuck, a regular caller, phoned in after Corin to request that the Board of Supervisors meetings be reopened to the public. What are you all afraid of? Supervisor Ted Williams signaled that he's open to discussion. If we were to open, would you personally commit to following distancing protocols and whatever is required for us to hold a public meeting in a safe manner? Yes. One of the concerns is seeing a group go through unmasked through shopping uh, source. Uh, We can't have that through the Board of Supervisors Chamber. These meetings are expensive. There's business that needs to be conducted. And so if there's a way for the board to work with the public to set up a dynamic where their civility rules are followed, we can stay safe. We have a much better chance at returning to somewhat normal. This is not an agendized item. I can't take it too far. But if you have thoughts about how to pull that off, um, maybe you could submit them in writing. We go everywhere else. I mean, we can go to Home Depot or Walmart. Why can't we attend our board meetings? Well, hopefully there's a safe way to do it. But uh, what we can't have is people showing up unmasked, not following Dr. Corrin's uh, guidance. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts.